Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. This is the Lois J. Wessel Show, and I'm your host and executive producer, Lois Wessel, coming to you live this morning from Houston, Texas at 9 a.m. Central Time. I want to remind you to register for Blog Talk Radio. It's free, and if you do that, you can rate my show, mark it as a favorite, or get reminders of upcoming shows. My call-in number is 347-945-5309. You can telephone or you can call in using Skype. I also want to remind you that I offer a free email newsletter about metaphysics, spirituality, the coming changes, and the kinds of things that we talk about here on this show. I've been sending this free newsletter out for 12 years, and to sign up for that, you would go to my primary website, hotpinklotus.com. I don't ever share email addresses with anyone. Your privacy is important. Today I'm going to be talking with my co-host Becky about uh, my recent trip to Mount Shasta and what all happened there and what happened afterwards and how I was very resistant and why I didn't want to go and so on. So let's open the line to Becky. Good morning. Good morning, Lois. How are you today? I'm pretty good. How about you? Glad to hear that. So I understand you went to Mount Shasta a few weeks ago. Yeah, I probably got back about 10 days ago. Yeah, Yeah. around the full moon, I believe. Yes, my guides insisted that I go, and uh, I didn't want to go. You know, I felt like I did not need to take off a whole week. I did not need to be uh, spending the time or the money or doing all that climbing um, because I've had a knee that's been going no to climbing lately. (laughs) It did not. It did not say no this time. So um, frequently, and this is, I want everybody who's listening to to know that this happens to a lot of us on the spiritual path, uh, that we get this urging to do something, like do a radio show, and where a personality is going, uh-uh, don't want to do that. And yet there's this nagging, urging thing, and that's how I started doing the radio show, was an, a persistent internal nagging and I knew it wasn't coming from me or my personality or ego because I didn't want to do it mm-hmm. my guides wanted me to do it but I'm, I'm glad I did because it's fun and I do a pretty good job at it and I'm getting a lot of um, education out there which is one of my uh, sole contracts in this lifetime is to do spiritual education in one way or another so I took the trip to Mount Shasta um under the same kind of circumstances, I started the radio show. It's like, I don't want to go. <laughs> Please don't make me do this. Don't make me do this. <laughs> Which is <laughs> familiar to people who are listening to guidance, and I think a lot of the listeners are. 
are among those. Yes, I I would agree with that. So I uh, I flew out um, and bought my tickets at the last minute, and oddly enough, well, you know, if you buy your tickets three weeks in advance, you always get a much better rate. I, I'm still surprised at how many people don't know that. Yeah, All yeah. The airlines give you a better deal, so I, I was so resistant. I waited till two days before. I was oh my goodness. Days. <laughs> you must like paying filter. premium prices. Except I got a freaky good deal on Southwest Airlines because ah, another sign that you were supposed to go. Absolutely, and so um, uh, there was a stopover. It's kind of a long day, but I finally got to. Uh, I met up with a friend who was camping at a pa- place called Castle Crags. Mm-hmm. which is a California state park that was created before the interstate system was created. Are you rolling dice in the background there, Becky? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, every day's a crapshoot. Wanted <laughs> 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 to see what numbers popped up. So anyway, I, I apologize. So you um, met up at with a friend at Castle Crag. Yeah, I went to Castle Crag, <laughs> which was built before the interstate. <laughs> I'm sorry, now I've got the giggles. That's um, funny. Sorry. <laughs> I'm way too into multitasking. I can, you know, I apologize. No, I was not um, rolling the dice, but I was rummaging, and um, I have this um, galaxy glass marble thing, so close enough. Anyway, oh, I'm sitting down in uh, rapt attention, so. <laughs> okay. So anyway, um, got to Castle Crags, and uh, they had decided at some point, 4,000-square-mile park, and they've never developed anything except right where the freeway goes through, mm-hmm. which means that at night when you're in your tent trying to sleep, 18-wheelers are shaking the earth as they go by. Oh, my. Yeah. Some I thought people. it might be loud, but I guess I didn't think about the vibration. Oh, yeah, and then there's a train that goes close enough by that three times a night I would wake up. So at some point I decided I needed to head out on my own, probably the morning after the second night that I, <laughs> I listened to all those noises. I really wanted to hang with my friend, but it became increasingly obvious. I kept having this urge, like, yeah, you need to go on up to uh, Mount Shasta to camp. And I'm going, well, um, okay. So we went up there and looked around. Turns out they, the state of California is weird. They let you camp up there for free. Hmm. Yeah, Bunny Flat is free, and so is uh, Panther Meadows. And what's so interesting about that to me is that that's one of the most sacred sites on the planet. Yeah. And one of one of the ways that people know whether it's a sacred site is if there are major ley lines going through there. And there's a convergence of very powerful big ley lines at Mount Shasta. Yes. And um and a lot of and do the indigenous people know? Have they always had that in their stories that this was an uh, a sacred site and that's true of Mount Shasta. So Bunny Flat's sort of a level area where you can park your car and then go camp. So I did. And uh, one of the things that I, I had been told before I went to, uh, to, before I took the trip, when I went into uh-huh. meditation, was that I was going to get some sort of attunement while I was there. 
And huh. um, yeah, I was meditating, and it's a meditation I learned how to do through that I am light. Okay. And uh, so I was, you know, connected to the energy field of Metatron, and I said, do I really need to take this trip? And he said, yeah, you're going to receive an attunement there. Well, I knew that information wasn't coming from my consciousness at any level because I would have said initiation. That that would be the language I would use. Okay. Uh, I'm supposed to get an attunement. So the first night I spent at Bunny Flat, I woke up one time, very, very deeply groggy. And uh, there was something going on with lights. And I, beyond that, I don't know how to articulate it, but I could see these fields of light, kind of reminiscent of um, when uh, in that book, Your Immortal Body of Light. Okay. Both, um, Dr. Gibson, who I interviewed a, a few weeks ago, said that uh, when Toth took him out into outer space where the souls are, big clusters of light in space, that um, or that the soul clusters are, the way he described it, that's what these lights looked like, like I was, some light was being added or, it's inarticulable, but anyway, there were lights and okay. there were colored lights in clusters or clouds on a dark background. Huh, okay. So I woke up the next morning and looked out the tent window, um, and there was a full moon. It was approaching the full moon. The next night was the... the oh, I bet that was time. beautiful. Oh, you yeah. Let me tell you, it came right in the tent window. It was just incredible. Um, so I, I looked out as the sun was just beginning to come up, and I could see these little dancing particles. And I've seen this before on the beach, watching the sun come up, um, or as the sun's coming up. Uh-huh. And there are little dancing, sparkling things that I, in doing research, I found that's what prana looks like. But you can't always see prana. But they said okay. prana's in the morning as you're waking up or as the sun is coming up. So I saw prana in the air, and it was just like thick and powerful and dancing, and it was like really gorgeous. So I had been... I'd been told I needed to uh, meditate in front of a full moon, at a full moon in front of a mountain lake, and something profound would happen. Sometime this year I was just supposed to pick a time, and this is my astrologer, Robert Wilkinson, who said that. Okay. And so during the exact time of the full moon, I went down to um, Lake Siskiyou, and there was a, another camper there who, I'll tell you about him in a minute, but okay. another camper uh, told me how to get there, and I went down there during the exact time of the full moon, and it was like 6.47, fortunately, because it was, I found it difficult to get down there and back without getting lost, but I did meditate during the exact time of the full moon, even though the sun was still up, facing the mountain with the lake uh-huh. in between. And in the meditation, which didn't last very long, I was taken inside the mountain. And, wow. Uh, yeah. And I I was told that that was going to happen that night and that I would be taught some things. Okay. And this was uh, the Adama, who is the, um, the high priest of Talos, which, oh, yeah, for those who don't know what Talos is, it's a Lemurian city inside the mountain in the fifth dimension. 
So you've got to have your energy raised up to the fifth dimension or you won't be able to be taken inside the mountain. So apparently that was what uh, that was what was going on with that stuff with the lights the night before, which was, I assume, the attunement. Uh-huh. Now so, I've heard um I've yeah. heard of the city within. I didn't I guess I'd forgotten the name or wasn't familiar with the name, but um is it common or I'm sure other people have gone in for instruction yeah. or um maybe in dream time even? Is it a yeah. place that we frequent or that we go for um in our sleep time? I don't know the answer to that. I think you have to have had some sort of, and I don't think you have to be at Mount Shasta for this to happen, but okay. you have to have had some sort of a, um, attunement or initiation in order to have your frequency be where it needs to be to even go in there. Okay. Okay. Because it's not safe to go in there if you're carrying certain frequencies that it would be harmful to you to do that. Hmm. And I've picked up a couple of books that confirm this, um, that the man I met up there who was also camping, he had a little camper. Okay. With an, yeah. Anyway, um, <clears throat> so um, he uh, he instructed me the second night. Well, okay, first of all, I'm sitting at my tent. You okay. Know, I've got this, the little cook stove and make my tea and everything. <laughs> and I go run errands in the daytime. And I went down to the bookstore um, to look for a book uh, that had been recommended to me. And when I got down there, I'm looking at a picture uh, on a book. I'm sort of like staring off into space thinking, do I want that book? Do I want to pick it up? And it's got a picture of St. Germain on it. And then I noticed there's a man standing next to me kind of close and he's not facing the books he's facing me and out of the corner of my eye I see that he's is he a priest wearing one of those long dresses or what mm-hmm. and he's got on a funny hat but it's not black he's kind of wearing purple and I think you know he's standing really close and there are a lot of strangely clad persons in Mount Shasta California uh-huh. the town. <laughs> but that was extra strange and so I turned to look at <laughs> there was nothing there I was seeing somebody out of the corner of my eye, which, you know, that's how you begin to see sight. Sure, sure. With your eyes open, it's out of the corner. So he's not there. And okay. um, I turned back and kind of like puzzled going, uh, what was that? <laughs> Look at the picture of um, of St. Germain again, and his face morphs into a smile. Uh-huh. And, back. and then, you know, it's kind of like I had a vision. Nothing okay. actually happened down there on that book but so anyway i think that meant that saint germain appeared to me i would interpret it as such and um so i thought that was worth mentioning yeah so um ran around doing errands getting some extra stuff for camping and um you know picking up the big block of ice for the ice chest which by the way if you're out camping the block of ice lasts longer than the little bitty pieces. Oh, yeah. Way longer. I was very yeah. surprised. 
That's what they sell at Burning Man. (laughs) That's one of the two things that they sell because, yeah, you're right. You're exactly right. It does last a lot longer. So anyway, put that down in my little um, scarf on my chest that I picked up down there. They've got a lot of camping stores down there. Mm -hmm. Metaphysical stores and camping stores and outdoors stores and stuff. Little bitty town. Well, anyway, so that evening, um, I went back to the, uh, the the full moon. Oh, the full moon at Mount Shasta. They had so many celebrations. You could hear several different ones in different directions. Oh, how nice! Oh, it's like yes, the planet should be like this. Yeah. <laughs> The full moon and the new moon, you should be able to hear out your window some sort of drumming circle or a celebration. Or I heard one where it was just sounded like women singing. Beautiful, wow. beautiful sounds. And um, I was also instructed that I did not need to attend any of those. Okay, you were on your <laughs> own mission. Apparently. So. <laughs> That late afternoon, early evening, before I went to sleep, I was again sitting in the chair, and this is after I'd had that attunement, sitting in the little camp chair, staring off into space, kind of looking at the ground, thinking, you know, how you and your vision mm-hmm. kind of goes diffuse, and that's when sure. you can And I started seeing these white things swirling in front of me, and I thought, what the heck is there? A, is that smoke? Is there a fire? And I turned to the direction the wind was coming from, and no smoke, no visual, you know, smoke, no smell, no nothing. So I looked back down at the ground and and let my eyes go diffuse again, and here they come again with white, long streamers almost, dancing around in lots of different directions. And then the next morning I thought, what is this? I watched it for as long as I could keep my eyes open. Without blinking, as soon as you blink it, you have to give it a minute to start up again. But um, watched it for a long time, and the next morning I woke up and thought, I wonder what that white stuff was, and I heard white dragons. White dragons? White dragons. I was seeing into the fifth dimension. Cool. Yeah, there were white dragons. So apparently there are dragons and unicorns and stuff. Huh. At Mount Shasta, or maybe just in the fifth dimension period. Maybe well, yeah. Well, that that I mean, it makes sense. I mean, I think once upon a time Shakespeare wrote a play and it said there are whole worlds, Horatio, between the tip of your nose and the, um, you know, and, and the uh, palm of your hand. You know, if you hold them up, there are all kinds of things we inhabit the space with all kinds of beings and entities and everything, but our frequency determines what we interact with. That's my understanding, anyway. That's very beautifully put, Becky. Yeah, thank you. Very beautifully put. So that night I went to sleep and heard as I was falling asleep, I think it probably went on till midnight, with the moon at its absolute fullest and all these people celebrating and singing. Oh, and nice. It was just really lovely, and far enough away that it didn't keep me awake, but it was sort of Mm -hmm. a lulling sound in the background. Very nice. Yeah, and that night I was taken inside the mountain in, I guess, in my sleep. 
Um, but you know how a dream can be very vivid? Yes. More more vivid mm-hmm. than... And, and you know there's a, a level of reality there that's not the same as normal dreaming. Right. Anyway. Yes, I yeah. had a few of those from time to time. Mm-hmm. I'm not surprised. <laughs> um, I was instructed, and I don't remember consciously a lot of the teaching, but the part I do remember had to do with the heart. Okay. And the heart brain, and he lifted Talos, uh, I'm sorry, Adama, lifted someone's heart, a volunteer, lifted their heart up out of the chest, except for the tip end of it, which seemed to have a root that went down into the body lifted it up and showed me how it was like a brain, and it was very obvious in the dream that it was. It's the heart's like huh. a brain. And in many cultures, they teach, think with your heart. Yes, yeah. So I just, I don't know, I have a feeling that we're later on, just like they found neuropeptides in the gut mm-hmm. about 20 years ago, I think they're going to find neuropeptides in the brain. In fact, they're probably throughout the entire body. And there may be well, that would time. make sense because, I mean, the mm-hmm. body's intelligence, it's all intertwined, and um, that makes perfect sense to me. I would expect him to be in there. <laughs> but I don't know that much about anatomy, so there's that, too. Well, um, neuropeptides are just these little bits of chemicals that have to do with thinking. Yeah. Which is why a gut feeling is actually a thought. Yes. There may be a concentration of neuropeptides in the heart as well. And there may be somebody out there who already knows that, too. Yeah. So anyway, I was told what I needed to do to work on my heart and um, that I needed to do it immediately because it's not not that there's anything wrong with the physical heart, but this Uh is metaphoric, what I needed to do. Okay. It was stuff I already knew about how my life's not in balance. There's too much work. Okay. And not enough of the other stuff. Right. So, um, which, you know, people can fall into. Oh, it's very easy. Mm-hmm. It's very easy because we're a logical society. And if it doesn't make sense, then, of course, it cannot be true. We don't allow for the miracles and the... Um, the unseen and faith, you know, we talk about it, but we are not that necessarily allowing of it, is my experience. So people think right. you're crazy, but you really need to be thinking with your heart more than your head, mm-hmm. tying them together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, act with your brain, think with your heart. There you go. That's, yes, that's what I was trying to get to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, that was that was. I'm glad I remembered that part because I need to work on balancing that. And um, so the next morning I woke up and I had realized I had slept the night, the last two not the two nights I was there I slept probably 12 hours, which is a really long time for me. I normally only sleep about six. Hmm. So. Uh, mm-hmm. So no telling what went on that I can't remember. Yeah. But when I got home, um, I slept a lot as well. Yeah. And noticed well, that's a that good I, sign. That's uh, 
think it is. It, I was integrating energies, I believe. Yeah, yeah. And I think I still am. Um, but the um, one of the things that's been happening is that my body's been just um, heating up periodically. And hmm. I, mm-hmm, like my body temperature has been way off. Like something is adjusting. Interesting. Are you, or maybe you're trying to burn something off? Oh, yeah. Of course. Gross. Yeah. Or, well, yeah. I mean, that could be one explanation. That's that's what popped into my head. Um, you know, just like um, a fever will burn away the bad stuff. Um, you know, your temperature rises to accommodate the bacteria or whatever it is that, that it's fighting. So it just made sense if you've been well. That that was my first thought anyway. That you're burning yeah. something away that no longer serves you, and I think that's because I keep hearing and reading and my own personal experience. This is a time of letting go. You can't take anything with you that doesn't serve you in the new energy. So we're all in that process of, you know, releasing, 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 releasing. So and, anyway, yeah. That that's a big piece of it. That I was burning off stuff that no longer serves me. Yeah. In the physical. Mm-hmm. Releasing and I was having a lot of insights like ideas popping into my head about oh, that's why so and so did such and such twenty seven years ago because I have to let go of that now. So all kinds of things were coming up. Huh. To be released. And so while we're talking about uh things going away that no longer serve us, mm-hmm. I'm noticing that a lot of people are not only having major changes in their lives, but a lot of people are checking out, in other words, leaving the planet. Yeah, and yeah. That's, that's happening for a lot of reasons, but one of the primary reasons is they can't handle this new energy and they don't want to do the work. So for their safety, because they are so bound in three dimension uh, yeah that sort of thing for their safety their souls are deciding to take them out and let them reincarnate as the new crystal children yeah those children are not going to well, have a then they'll child. come in with all their wiring they don't have to do all that work cuz it's not easy i mean it's physically demanding emotionally mentally to let go of all of these old patterns and um and some people are all of that it. stuff. So, and when we came in, this was like the last hurrah. We all wanted to be here, but we weren't quite sure if we were going to make the shift or not. And so, now that it's here, we're each individually choosing whether or not, you know, to stay or to go. So, that's a good observation. Yeah, and I, I hadn't really thought of it that way, but I think there's a lot of truth to that. There are a lot of people who are who are leaving the planet and it's a shock to those around them because they mm-hmm. say, well, that, that person wasn't that sick or that person right. wasn't that old or that, you know, and the reason is merely that their soul decided, or at least it's my understanding from a lot of the things I've been reading and hearing in meditation is that their souls are deciding this is not safe for me as a soul to experience this level of trauma. This person is not 
um, on track with the shift. And so let's yeah. just take that one out and reincarnate over here as a crystal child during the shift. That would make yeah. sense. That would mm-hmm. make a lot of sense. Yeah. I've seen a bit of that in my own life, in my personal circles, and some family. And mm-hmm. um, He wasn't well, even sick. Too. He just dropped over. I don't know. You know, this is crazy. He's only... You know, 52 years old, and he's gone just like that with no forewarning. It's like, well, he just reached a checkout point. Yeah. But, um, and those are pre-planned by the soul before we incarnate checkout points. Is one yeah, yeah. They're like little safety measures, I think, yep. where we can um, we come up to that point. And actually, I've heard him also referred to as phantom deaths. So we will have an experience, and that was originally a choice point to leave, and our soul, our higher self, decided to stay. So it just becomes either a tragic, you know, um, uh, traumatic illness or um, a near miss in traffic, you know, something that gets our attention, and we realize we could have gone that very quickly, and we didn't. Because mm-hmm. we reached that choice point. So anyway, it's kind of um, I've heard I've just heard him referred to as phantom deaths, also, and so they this can is be where, uh, you, where you don't actually pass over, but you have an experience where you think, hmm, in some parallel life, I may have just died. Right. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. That's my understanding. Mm-hmm. And, yep. Um, I I agree. That I believe that's a, a, one of the possibilities out there. So another thing I've noticed since I got back is that when a client comes in and I'm getting ready to work on them, I start to overheat, and I've done this before while working on them, but now it's starting sooner while I'm talking to them. Before I work on them, my body starts to heat up, and um, while I'm working on them, the heat discharges, and it's got to do with spontaneous healing, um, which is you know, again, Mitchell Gibson talks about in that um, interview. Um, yeah, your immortal body of lighter. Yeah, he's I think the one that was. That I think book. that's the only book of his I've read. But um, yeah, I really love the information YouTube. in it. Yeah, the spontaneous healing thing, though, I think came from that that YouTube um, series that he's got the class um, spiritual awakenings. Oh yeah. So he talks about spontaneous healing, and um, so I'm noticing that since I went to Shasta, there's more of that energy, and it's not anything you can call up um, consciously. It happens on a level that's beyond the conscious mind, but it's happening with more frequency and more intensity now when I work on clients, the spontaneous healing energy that comes into me, and I, I perceive it as heat that dissipates while I'm working on the client. Well, that's intriguing. Uh, yeah. Pretty cool stuff. Unexpected. <laughs> you know, that's what I love about this path is so many interesting, fascinating, unexpected things happen. And sometimes it takes a while before you can actually figure out what it was that did happen or mm-hmm. understand or even notice all the details of what's related to what. I mean, it was a trip to right. Shasta. And that took me probably at least a week to figure out that it had increased the spontaneous healing energy that I was already experiencing. Huh. But I think, you know, big shifts like that take a while to integrate, and I don't think it's fully integrated yet. I think I'm still working on it. 
Well, and I think that the um, all this influx of hen- energy that we're getting hit with right now um, is really going to be an acceleration of all of that. Um, and it does take a while to integrate. We had the huge solar flare this, this week, and um, Sunday, we have the right? Grand Cross going on right now, like August 6th, 7th, and 8th. It's like perfectly positioned. We have the Lionsgate opening. All of this stuff is really intensifying. So I don't think there's a person alive that isn't feeling it on some level, even though they may not know exactly what it is. Uh-huh. It's definitely infiltrating their their reality. So yeah, working with the energy and being aware of it, it can be a real catalyst and really um, take you to the next step, the next level. That's well, in in my opinion, at least that's what I'm I'm trying to do because <laughs> I can feel it. It is definitely here. Absolutely, I agree with that. Um, so what was it now? We had a solar flare of enormous, like a tsunami-like. Oh, yeah, that was the first. Sunset. And then, of course, it takes a few days to filter into the Earth, you know, to, oh, to reach yeah. us from space. And then there and, were um, it affects earthquakes. the tectonic plates. It affects, um, it was, um, there were a lot of earthquakes that happened around the uh, Ring of Fire, the Pacific Rim, and um, just a lot of uh, flare-ups, Mother Earth flare-ups. So A whole lot of shaking going on. A whole lot of shaking going on, and that filters down into the tectonic plates and gets disseminated, dispersed, whatever, and then we, of course, um, get it from Gaia and as well as the sun, but... Um, it filters into us and affects us and everything that we do. So there's a whole lot going on. And the thing is, is yes, it may be happening now, but it does take a while to assimilate. So if people find themselves sleeping more, um, it's their body processing, my opinion. But that's, that's, that's how it affects me. I'm just speaking from my own experience. Um, just like you were sleeping at Mount Shasta, I'm like, oh, I understand that, because that's how um, energy affects me. It either affects me physically through my digestive tract and bowels, and or it um, is a lot of sleep. But it's my body adjusting to the changes and the frequencies and assimilating the energies. And that's and my own, understanding and my experience. And our own bodies are changing frequency to match yes. it up. In other words, it's yes. affecting not just the tectonic plates, but us as well. Yes. Our own frequencies, which is mm-hmm. why after I had my frequency worked on that first night, then I could see the white dragons dancing and go inside the mountain in my in my dream. That is so uh, cool. I've never I've never even thought of white dragons. It makes sense. I mean, there's white Bengals, but um, I like that idea, white dragons dancing. Yeah. It was awesome. And they weren't just going in one direction like smoke. They were going in all kinds of... Some of them were coming toward me and then looping back and going under and coming up. Oh, wow. Up and going side to side and just like maybe I'd see 20 or so at a time dancing. And this is eyes open. You know, I can see all kinds of things with my eyes closed and using my third eye. But 
It was Very not. interesting. Okay. I like that. Yeah. I'm ready. <laughs> I used to see that stuff when I was a little kid. Did you? I used to um, see my playmates with my eyes. I'm open. not so much a visual as I am auditory. And I used to play with a lot of imaginary friends. I grew up pretty isolated, way out in the country, and I was the youngest. So, of course, my brother and sisters didn't really want me tagging along or hanging out with them. And I had a pretty vivid imagination, and I'd go with a dog or sometimes um, a cat or something would follow me. But we'd go down to the the creek bank, uh uh-oh, creek bank, showing (laughs) my... um, cultural <laughs> yeah we called it a crick too when I was okay there. all right well I went to the crick bank a lot and there um I would talk I would just talk out loud instead of you know in my head I would actually have conversations and I swear there were um you know my my friends is what I call them and of course my mom would tell me that I, you know stop talking to the well, who are you talking to and it's a bunch of crazy talk and but when I went down to the Crick Bank, I could talk to them without any interruption at all. But um, I used to try to sneak down to the Crick, but, man, that was so forbidden. I don't know why she didn't want me down at that Crick, but, but I would sneak down there anyway occasionally. Mm-hmm. It was pretty awesome. Yeah, that's, that's a huge part of my childhood. Was and, and I was encouraged, like we were didn't matter what season it was, you dress appropriately and you go outside and you only come in for meals, unless, of course, you know, for school. But after school, homework chased us outside till dinner. And after dinner, if we wanted to go out, that was fine. But we were encouraged to play outside. We were, too. Which, which we was, um, had, there were only four TV channels. Yeah. And, yeah, and we couldn't get them half the time where we were. Our TV was broken, you know. It's, yeah, whole different world with the TV yeah. and media, right. and there weren't any, there was no Nintendo, and there wasn't oh. even Pong until I got, like, into college. <laughs> so, yeah, a whole yeah. different world. Uh-huh. But a good one, a good one. I had oh. a very healthy imagination, and... Lots of good imaginary friends, so mm-hmm. um, yeah i haven't I'm not a real visual person. I always really wished i was i've I've gone to uh many of Lee Carroll's channelings and different um, channels, and people are saying, "Oh, you had this golden glow or they saw colors or they saw something it's like I wish I could see that you know i just i'm just that's just not how I'm wired. And it's okay. It's okay. I just know things sometimes. Uh-huh. So well, that's supposed, to, that's supposed to be a higher frequency anyway, the knowing, the clear. Well, that's what I have. I, I hear things and I just know them sometimes. So uh-huh. that's how I roll. But I, it would be really cool to see something like that. I'd probably be shocked and wouldn't know how to interpret it in the first place. But um, Well, sometimes anyway. you have to be with it for a while to interpret it. Um, I'm I'm not sure I always know what I'm seeing either. Um, but uh yeah, clear sentience, the the just knowing thing is a higher frequency and clairvoyance and audience are nice to have too, but it's not as advanced as just the the yeah, thing where like, you go boom, it's oh yeah. Like clear co- cognizance or clear sentience is what I was saying. Clear sentience, okay. Yeah. 
um, which is clear feeling. Okay. But the skin and the brain are very intimately connected because when when you're the single-celled organism, you know, right after mm-hmm. the sperm fertilizes the egg, that there are three levels. There's the middle, the center, mm-hmm. and then the middle portion, and then the outer portion. So it's uh, the endoderm is the very center. The mesoderm is the middle portion, and the ectoderm is the outer portion. Well, yeah. that center center portion differentiates into um, bones, the middle portion into soft tissue and organs, and the outer portion differentiates, the cells differentiate into skin and brain. The skin convolutes at the fontanelle at the top of your head, convolutes down into brain tissue. And all this comes from Dean Juhan's book. Uh, No, it's not Juhan. Hmm. Oh, I'll think of it in a minute. It's a body work book that I read when I was studying. Body talk? No, massage therapy about 20 years ago. I'll think of the okay. name of that book in a minute. But, um, yeah, so the skin and the brain tissue and cells are very intimately connected, which is why if you're getting a massage, for example, Within about 10 minutes, and they've done studies to prove this, the person lying on the table who is in horizontal receptive mode, their brainwave pattern will match that of the massage therapist within oh. 10 minutes. Yeah, the, um, it, um, entrainment. Yeah. Entrainment, exactly. that's another word for that. Yeah, which is why exactly why you want to be sure uh, that whoever is massaging you has really got a high frequency mm-hmm. hopefully somebody who's been meditating for a while right um because that's going to be a very very different kind of massage than somebody who's just there because they want to see naked bodies or something right <laughs> and they're all right. yeah well and that's i think that i've had many massages throughout the years and then finally i found someone that she just intuitively knew what I needed and where I needed and was just really in tune with me. And I realized, you know, I never went to anybody else after that because I found someone who I resonated with very intently. And, um, you know, she had, you know, all those wonderful attributes of, um, you know, she was empathetic and yet she was very skilled at what she did and she was very intuitive so when when I went to her, you know, she was just very clear, and um, and and I had excellent results. So I think that's why it's important sometimes. If if like some people go to a chiropractor and they said, oh, he just robbed me. I didn't have any results at all. Well, maybe that isn't the right healer for you or the right mm-hmm. person. It's the same with energy work or massage. I think it's you may have a, an experience. Well, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah, you know, there are lots of them out there, and um, you have to look around to find the person that you resonate with. Correct, that's my mm-hmm. opinion, okay. and it may take a while, or perhaps you could go into meditation and get really clear about what you need, and then you would attract that person right to you. Wouldn't take much mm-hmm. time at all, but um, you know, fumbling around, you know, with you know Google searches and stuff, you may not get who you need right away. You have to follow your own guidance, Mm -hmm. my opinion. Exactly. 
So, um, yeah, because especially if you move to a new town, you have to look, you have to try several people to cut your hair. Why would you not have to try several different people? Right. Yes, that's very true. That's very true. And that's one of the things that, um, you know, having moved recently, I haven't found anyone here for massage that is anything like what I found elsewhere, but it doesn't mean that I quit looking. It just means that... Um, I need to get a little more clear about what would work for me and where this person might be. And I guess it just hasn't been the top of my list lately, but it's definitely a consideration. Yeah. Yeah. Because you've got to resonate. The frequencies have to be similar enough that you resonate with another. Well, it makes sense. Uh, Everything is frequency and vibration. It makes perfect sense mm -hmm. to me. So you've been to but, Mount Shasta. What happened to you there? I have. I went with a gathering of light workers. Um, my first trip was in 2002, and I wanted to see what all the fuss was. Everything I'd been reading. I was. I've only been awake for a couple of years, and wasn't you know just still searching things out. And I went there on a gathering with light workers, and I met some people who I'm still in contact with to this day, and. I've gone back every couple of years. Actually, I was just there this last fall. So I know all about bunny flats and panther meadows and all of that. But um, it's truly magical experience. And the first year I was there, it happened to be during the week of a full moon, and we went up on the mountain um, to the flats during a full moon and just kind of sat around and talked and one of the people I was with was saying that they could hear um, drums. It was almost like this was where summer camp was in tribal days. This is where they would come and exchange goods and um, arrange marriages and meetings and create alliances. So it was an area of gathering and celebration and feast. And um, But I thought that was interesting. But one of my favorite places there is Stewart Mineral Springs. Oh, and yeah. you were talking about the ley lines converging there, and that's the, I, I want to say it's the Mary and Michael line. Mm-hmm. So the masculine and feminine is brought into balance in that area. So I think that's why it's so healing, because if you have an imbalance, uh, more masculine than feminine, if you spend any time there, it's like the entrainment. It will pull you into balance. You don't have any choice. The energies there will um, balance you. So, yeah, there are two them. springs actually. That, for the benefit of people who don't know, is that there are two two springs, and the only other place that I know of on the planet where there are a red spring coming out of the earth right next to a white spring, colored by minerals, of course, um, is Glastonbury, England. Yes, isn't that where the chalice well is? Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's my understanding. Yeah, mine too. Um, so at Stuart Mineral Springs, the one they honor is the white spring mm-hmm. and is considered to be the masculine, whereas in England they consider that to be the feminine for some reason, breast milk, I suppose. Um, but this is considered the masculine spring in California there, and they pump that up to the bathhouses, and you can mm-hmm. bathe in the water 
from the spring, which has a lot of silica in it. Yes. And um, you bathe in that, and then you go get in the um, really huge sauna. It holds like 30 people. Yeah. Or more if they were all sitting up, but a lot of people lie down. And it's wood-fired, and it smells good. It smells like Christmas. It's all cedar. (laughs) That's what I thought. Yeah, is that what they're burning, or is that just what you're sitting on? Um, it could be a little bit of both, I'm, and it might depend on, you know, that's a good question. I was told that it was cedar. Now, I didn't ask to see if, you know, if that is what they burned. I didn't ask, but um makes Definitely sense. That because, the yes, that would make sense. And as they get hot, they're going to give off a smell, too, but it just smells heavenly in there. Oh, it and does. And if you've gotten nice and sweaty and released toxins, then you go uh, hop in the river out there, which the temperature is posted every day, and uh, the the river is, you know, I think it was about 54, 55 degrees. Yeah. So you you sort of get in there and get, they've got a little pool that they've created with some rocks um, where the river makes a little pool and you get in there and it's clothing optional, of course. And so uh, you get in that nice cold water and start all Scream over. like a little girl. <laughs> <laughs> Not me, boy. Yeah. <laughs> eyes that do the screaming like a little yeah. girl. Yeah. Oh, poor things. It's, I cannot imagine trying to get into ice cold water with um, those body parts. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. Um. Then you get back in the baths all over again. But it's a really, and they've got massages there, too. It's a really yes. nice experience. Yes, and I think they hold a sweat lodge once a week, Chief Joseph, or there's um, a local uh, Indian chief there, and he bundles the sage that they sell in the little bookstore, and he has a sweat lodge, I believe, once a week. And so this is, what would you say, about 15 minutes from the town of Mount Shasta? Um, yeah, or, or so. It's in Weed, California, a couple miles outside of Weed, and I think it is. It's, it's like an exit or so up from the town of Mount Shasta. Yeah, but it's outside Weed, and mm-hmm. you have to kind of drive out in the country a little bit. Yep, pretty isolated, but it okay. is a little slice of heaven. It, it yeah, truly they is. They've got little cabins there, and they've got campsites, mm-hmm. and they've got teepees. Yes, and it's a lot of fun to go sunbathing on the rocks and um, yes, playing in the water because the water is so cold, but the sound mm-hmm. of it is so therapeutic. It's yeah. just, um, it's one of my favorite places ever. Mm-hmm. And the reason I was told, because um, they have the masculine and feminine wells there, and the reason they use the masculine well at Mount Shasta is because there is a bathhouse and it and the... Um, the feminine well, the red well, um, clogs the plumbing because it's iron, and so they well, don't now, use they sense. they don't use that because it's um, it's hard on the plumbing, and that's that's pretty much the main reason. And I thought that was pretty interesting too. Well, that if they pumped iron through the pipes, it would just rust rust yep. them and probably and that's, yeah. Take- and so they they use the uh, masculine spring. And there are still groups that come out and honor the feminine, and there's a little altar there with all kinds of um, tribute, and um, you can you can leave a little bit of your energy there. So I left um, my DNA. 
Oh, you did. Well, that's yeah. a wonderful thing to leave. <laughs> um, another thing that happened as my frequency shifted, or maybe it's just because of all those massive batches of energy coming from the cosmos, but I'm telling you, the machines are acting up. Yep. My uh, computer decided to take a nosedive, and my guides had been telling me for a couple of months I needed a laptop and even what brand and where to buy it. Which Wow, you're getting nice specifics. <laughs> Those were good specifics, yeah, and they were yeah. right. I had a great deal with a great financing thing. Um, yeah. But I lost my pictures to Mount Shasta, so I'm trying because I uploaded them to the other computer and oh boy, nixed them off the camera chip. So I may have to go get the old computer fan replaced. And uh, well, and you, if not that, you can pull out the hard drive and access it with you know you get one of those external hard drive boxes and just plug it into your laptop. I don't think I had the whole. Uh, I had all the data moved to the new computer, but it was oh, stored. but the pictures didn't transfer. Those pictures were had not been put in my documents yet. Those were on my uh, Hewlett Packard thing. Okay. So, um, and I can't get my. Well, they were they were stored on that daily, and I can't get that. Uh, it won't upload the disk for the. Uh, where my printer won't upload to the new computer for some reason. Hmm. Well, I'm sure you'll figure it out. You're pretty savvy. Yeah, but the machines are acting up is what I'm saying. Yeah, well, and I've been through two cell phones in about three weeks, so I don't think that's any coincidence. I've never had the first bit of trouble with any cell phone I've ever had, and now there's, like, no sound, and then the speaker doesn't work, and... Then I drop it and it completely goes out. <laughs> so huge influx of gamma radiation last week had had something to do with that. It you know it does it does it also messes up like um, all your communication, dropping calls, um, airline schedules. It's kind of like a mercury retrograde intensive when that happens. It, it, any electronics, it'll it'll permeate any weak spot. And toast things, and because it's just it's a very intense, you know, it's it's almost like lightning hitting, and you get that big power surge. I'm surprised that we haven't had any more problems with cell phone towers, or you know, any more problems than we have had, considering what. Well, I yeah, I haven't looked specifically, but they may have. It just hasn't affected us personally. So Uh I mean, I haven't gone on NASA's site because they'll usually talk about even like the. You know, the International Space Station or something, they have trouble getting hold of them. Or, I mean, they're very aware of what those type of rays and that influx of energy can do. And um, they have, like, little contingency plans. And that's why I like um, cruising around NASA site just to see what's up. Hmm. I'm a geek that way. A geek? <laughs> yeah. I don't think you're a geek. I think you don't. Very- no, you're just a girly girl. I'm a girly girl that's uh, real curious about all oh, how all that energy works. For some strange reason, I'm an energy junkie. want to know how it works. I want to know where it's coming from. I want to know how it gets channeled and how to ground it. And that's one of my one of my things. I just I like learning about that stuff. Yeah. 
and maybe one day I'll figure out why I'm interested in it, but right now it's just something I look up and pay attention to, mainly because I find that it shows up in my own life. It's like the macro filters down to the micro Mm -hmm. so that when little electronic bugaboos and things go wrong in communication, I don't take it personally. I had a... I can have a real temper and take things personally and so and so doesn't like me and they're talking to me like I'm five or whatever and I realize it's just um you know an energy influx and I just pay more attention to communication. So Yeah. That sounds kind of strange. I but. I had not heard it uh described as a Mercury retrograde intensive, but I like that because that's how it's felt. Well, and it affects communication, yeah, and it and it's very abrupt and it's very. I mean, Mercury retrograde. Some of them really affect me, and some not at all. And so I think it depends, like where it might be in your chart, where you know how things are aspected for you personally. That some of them you can just cruise through without any problem, and other ones you just can't wait until the calendar clicks off. Like, oh, please go direct soon, because it's just one thing after another. And with these solar flares, when we get that big hit, it's, um, it just, it's, you know, communications turn to scrambled eggs. Yeah. And you need to be very diplomatic and very conscientious of what you're saying to whom and how and, and all of that. So, um, that's, again, that's my experience. And when I pay better attention, my life goes a lot smoother. So mm-hmm. that's why I like to know what's going on in the cosmos, because it does yeah, filter down to us. It's a roadmap. It well, is. Listen, we've got about two minutes left on the show. And wow. I'm just, I think I'm going to play music for the rest of the show, and thank you for chatting with me today. And next week we're going to be talking with uh, Joe Mui, who has written uh, one of – what I consider to be the only hopeful article at, on Spirit of Man <laughs> in a while about what happened in the Gulf. And uh, I'm all about positive outcomes and focusing on what's right and not on yes. what's wrong because you manifest what you focus on. So we're going to talk with her next week. And um, so I'm going to say goodbye for today and uh, hope everybody will join us next week. You bet. Thanks, Lois. Thank you. Bye-bye. Oh,
Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.